Greetings, this is Jeff Riddle. I'm the pastor of Christ Reformed Baptist Church in Louisa, Virginia. And this is going to be another in this series of readings from the preface to the King James Version of 1611. That preface is known as the Translators to the Reader. I'm going to be reading from my personal Bible, which is a KJV Turquoise Reference Edition that's published by Cambridge University Press. And this preface, the Translators to the Reader, is found in this Bible on pages Roman numeral 5 through 18. In this episode, I'm going to be reading section or part 15. And this is actually the 15th and final section in the preface. It has as its title, Reasons Inducing Us Not to Stand Curiously Upon an Identity of Phrasing. Here now is this section or part 15. Another thing we think good to admonish thee of, gentle reader, that we have not tied ourselves to an uniformity of phrasing or to an identity of words, as some peradventure would wish that we had done, because they observe that some learned men somewhere have been as exact as they could that way. Truly, that we might not vary from the sense of that which we had translated before, if the word signified the same thing in both places. For there be some words that be not of the same sense everywhere. We were especially careful and made a conscience according to our duty. But that we should express the same notion in the same particular word. As for example, if we translate the Hebrew or Greek word once by purpose, never to call it intent. If one were journeying, never traveling. If one were think, never suppose. If one were pain, never ache. If one were joy, never gladness, etc. Thus, to mince the matter, we thought to savor more of curiosity than wisdom, and that rather it would breed scorn in the atheist than bring profit to the godly reader. For is the kingdom of, of God become words or syllables? Why should we be in bondage to them if we may be free? Use one precisely when we may use another no less fit as commodiously. A godly father in the primitive time showed himself greatly moved that one of newfangledness called Krabaton, Skimpus. Though the difference be little or none, and another reported that he was much abused for turning Kukur Vita, to which reading the people had been used, into Hedera. Now, if this happened in better times and upon so small occasions, we might justly fear hard censure if generally we should make verbal and unnecessary changings. We might also be charged by scoffers with some unequal dealing towards a great number of good English words. For as it is written of a certain great philosopher that he should say that those logs were happy that were made images to be worshipped, for their fellows as good as they lay for blocks behind the fire. So if we should say, as it were, under certain words, stand up higher, have a place in the Bible always, and to others of like quality, get ye hence, be banished forever, we might be taxed peradventure with St. James, his words, namely, to be partial in ourselves and judge of evil thoughts. Add hereunto that niceness in words was always counted the next step to trifling, and so as to be curious about names too also that we cannot follow a better pattern for elocution than God himself. Therefore, he, using diverse words in his holy writ, 
and indifferently for one thing in nature, we, if we will not be superstitious, may use the same liberty in our English versions out of Hebrew and Greek, for that copy or store that he hath given us. Lastly, we have on the one side avoided the scrupulosity of the Puritans who leave the old ecclesiastical words and betake them to other as when they put washing for baptism and congregation instead of church. As also on the other side, we have shunned the obscurity of the papists in their azymes, tunic, rational, holocaust, prepus, pasca, and a number of such like whereof their late translation is full, and that of purpose to darken the sense, that since they must need translate the Bible, yet by the language thereof it may be kept from being understood. But we desire that the Scripture may speak like itself, as in the language of Canaan, that it may be understood even of the very vulgar. Many other things we might give thee warning of, gentle reader, if we had not exceeded the measure of a preface already. It remained... It remaineth that we commend thee to God and to the spirit of his grace, which is able to build further than we could ask or think. We, he removeth the scales from our eyes, the veil from our hearts, opening our wits that we may understand his word, enlarging our hearts, yea, correcting our affections, that we may love it above gold and silver, yea, that we may love it to the end. Ye are brought unto fountains of living water, which ye dig not, do not cast earth unto them with the Philistines, neither prefer broken pits before them with the wicked Jews. Others have labored, and you may enter into their, their labors. Or receive not so great things in vain. O oh, despise not so great salvation. Be not like swine to tread underfoot so precious things, neither yet like dogs to tear and abuse holy things. Say not to our Savior with the Gergesites, depart out of our coasts. Neither yet with Esau sell your birthright for a mess of pottage. If light be come into the world, love not darkness more than light. If food, if clothing be offered, go not naked, starve not yourselves. Remember the advice of the Nazianzine. It is a grievous thing or dangerous to neglect a great fair and to seek to make markets afterward. Also the encouragement of St. Chrysostom. It is altogether impossible that he that is sober and watchful should at any time be neglected. Lastly, the admonition and menacing of St. Augustine. They that despise God's will, inviting them, shall feel God's will taking vengeance of them. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but a blessing, blessed thing it is, and will bring us to everlasting blessedness in the end when God speaketh unto us to hearken. When he setteth his word before us to read it, when he stretcheth out his hand and calleth to answer, Here am I, here we are to do thy will, O God. The Lord work a care and conscience in us to know him and serve him, that we may be acknowledged of him at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom with the Holy Ghost be all praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Here ends this section 15 of the Translators to the Reader. And with this 15th and final section or part, this ends the entirety of this uh, reading of this preface to the King James Version of 1611. I hope that this reading has been profitable for those who have been listening. I don't claim that my pronunciation 
of this preface has been perfect at every point. I hope this might be useful. Perhaps someone could listen to it while they read uh, the words of the preface itself. And in that way, it might be uh, helpful uh, as you read through it. Again, I don't claim any perfection uh, of my pronunciation of the entire reading. Again, I hope that this has been helpful. I think this little preface is very valuable. It in some ways serves not only as a preface to the King James Version, but it's a wonderful little introduction or preface, I think, to Protestant or Protestant Orthodox bibliology. With that, we'll bring uh, this series to a conclusion. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you.